This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. I just came back recently from a five-week trip in the United Kingdom and in Europe, led a three-week men's retreat in Italy, conference and counseling in Austria, spoke in Finland, counseling in Finland, counseling in the United Kingdom, and spoke at conferences, and spoke at uh, Sunday morning church, Sunday morning at a church in North Wales, and so it was a pretty packed trip. It was a blessing. There was a lot of counseling, both with um, individuals, men and wives, and also with couples. And it was a blessing to see God working in people's hearts and bringing healing and restoration. And boy, I was seeing a lot of trauma in people who I was talking to and some pretty severe damage from an early age. And it was a blessing to be able to step in for some time and to walk with them and move in towards some healing. And and the whole five weeks, there was spiritual warfare. <laughs> the, uh, the enemy doesn't want this topic of sexual issues or pornography or masturbation, adultery, all the things that I touch on. He does not want those brought out into the light. And the issue... The battles, the strongholds are just as tough, maybe even a little bit more in some countries in Europe than they are in the U.S. In Italy, it's really easy to get into a church to speak. But boy, um, in one country, particularly the United Kingdom, it's like a fortress over there. There's one guy who told me that he had not ever once in his life heard a message on sex from the pulpit, and he was he was a seventy year old elder of a church. Another guy told me um, he's six around sixty or seventy. Told me he had heard a message on sex once in his life, and that was thirty years ago. And he's attending a church, fairly good size. I mean, a hundred people, but so it's not like there was a small church, but. I kept hearing this story repeated time and time again, especially in the United Kingdom, and that um, leadership there just does not want to touch this topic. And so Satan has a significant stronghold in this area there, at least in that country. And But we had warfare the whole five weeks. One night, we stayed in some Airbnbs. One night, we walked into an Airbnb, and I felt a sense of tension 
in the place as soon as we walked in. And I thought, uh-oh, um, this doesn't seem right. And then I looked in the back wall, and there were books on the occult and Harry Potter books and a Buddhist statue. And right away, I'm like, oh, no, because I know that those type of things, those type of objects give the enemy <clears throat> ground to hold that territory. And sure enough, all night long, we did not sleep. Um, Rebecca was with me. And we didn't sleep. Neither one of us slept well. A lot of praying and resisting and fighting all night long. And then we left. We were supposed to stay for three nights, but ended up leaving the next morning. And then I had counseling, a full slate of counseling the next day. And so I was running on fumes, but as he did the whole trip, God just kept coming through and providing the strength I needed. And and so he was faithful the whole way through. And now I'm still kind of in the recovery mode, getting back into the U.S. time zone. And plus I have had long COVID for 18 months now. And that can, be an, that can have an effect on weakness and strength. So I'm recovering from all that. But uh, we fight on. So some themes that I saw while we were there from people that I was talking to, especially in counseling, were father wounds. A lot of men and women having significant father wounds, many that they, most of they had not healed with, recovered with, or even shared their whole story with. And that was a common theme throughout. And in one conference, I asked the people there to raise their hand if they had a close relationship with their dad growing up. And 30% put their hands up, and that's actually a high number because I've done other conferences where no hands went up in the U.S. Spiritual abuse. Heard plenty of stories, especially in Italy, of people who had gone to a church and took a chance and said, hey, I'm struggling with these sexual issues, pornography or whatever. And then they were immediately judged or rejected or condemned. And so, and we see the same thing here in North America where people go to get help and we shoot ourselves in the foot and give them crummy advice like, well, you know, to the wife, well, if you just gave your husband more sex, he wouldn't have this problem. We still hear this today. And so spiritual abuse continues to be a concurrent theme, a vein running through the church. I mean, and you're not going to hear too many people taking ownership of this because what are they going to say? We, we apologize for the way we've wounded people and our pride and arrogance. So that's, that's a part of what keeps spiritual abuse alive and well is not being willing to face the pain that it's covered or caused inside the church and then, uh, so we heard a lot of those stories of spiritual abuse and spiritual warfare. I would often talk about warfare when I was speaking um, because the spiritual battle is intense. And we are a church of war, and we saw this repeatedly um, when we were there that the enemy does not want these issues brought up. And I would talk to them about. You know, you've got to be a prayer warrior, taking up your authority in Christ and 
being a fighter and not just sitting on the sidelines. And people were walking up to me and saying that they appreciated me bringing these up because they don't often hear spiritual warfare brought up at their, in their church circles. And then youth, it continues to alarm me how we continue to see the lives of young people just destroyed. They're not being equipped. They're not being helped. And then, as I mentioned, the constant theme, especially in the UK, who is the second largest consumer of porn in the world, was that we don't talk about sex from the pulpit. We don't touch that, especially on Sunday morning. And from my perspective, that's agreeing with Satan's battle to destroy God's people, to destroy the church, to hollow it out. And so I'm going to come back to that in a moment. So for this broadcast, I want to read you from an article Fox News put out just recently. The title was Marriage Collapse, Absent Fathers and Unraveling Christianity in a Growing U.S. Crisis Study. And then I'll read from the article, a nonprofit organization that works with churches nationwide to develop stronger families has released a study of churchgoers that suggests a collapse in marriage and resident fatherhood is fueling widespread loneliness and the unraveling of Christianity in the U.S. Communio, a nonprofit organization, conducted a survey of 19,000 Sunday church attendees while they were attending services at 112 evangelical, Protestant, and Roman Catholic churches. And one of the profound effects that they're seeing today is loneliness. A lot of God's people are in loneliness. And they write, what we're seeing in the study is that the net effect of all that is the crisis of loneliness, that the most lonely people walking around in our churches in our communities are men and their, women in their 30s who in every other time period Almost every other decade before this century would have been overwhelmingly likely to be married. And then I'm going to read a quote from the Surgeon General, Dr. Murthy. He warns that approximately half of U.S. adults experience loneliness, adding that the phenomenon is a byproduct of missing an aspect essential for survival. And he writes, loneliness is far more than just a bad feeling. It harms both individual and society health. It is associated with a greater risk of cardiovascular disease, dementia, stroke, depression, anxiety, and premature death. The mortality impact of being socially disconnected is similar to that caused by smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. And this is the Surgeon General. So what happens when we go to our average church service? We sit and we worship, we listen to the message, and then we go home. There's no connection with other people. So when I was in Europe, when I'd speak in churches, I would break people up to, into groups of small, small groups of two or three, and I'd have them share and pray with each other. And... Uh, People are, at first, they're stunned when I do this because, hey, we don't actually talk to people in church. 
but afterwards I usually have to pull them apart when I do that. And that is because we're hungry for more than just a message. We're hungry for connection. And what did what did the Acts, the early church do? They were devoted to teaching, fellowship, and prayer. And that that's a big chunk of what it's missing, and it's destroying a lot of lives. And it's one big reason why the church is so vulnerable to things like pornography is because most believers are isolated. So when I travel or when I speak in a church, I'll ask people to raise their hand if they meet with another believer once a week for the purpose of prayer, support, accountability, and encouragement. Usually only 10% of the hands go up. That's a big reason right there why the church came apart like a cheap watch when COVID hit. And then I'll go back to the Fox News article. J.R. DeGantz, president of Communio, said most churches are not doing enough to address the marital and relational crises afflicting younger people, noting that the study also found that 85% of all churches in the U.S., again, 85%, report spending nothing each year on marriage and relationship ministry. So my friends, how did God's word begin? Did it begin with some deep theological sermon? No, it began with a marriage. Marriage is an exalted and honored institution in God's eyes. And if we're not helping people who are struggling in marriage, we're missing the boat. And marriage is under serious assault today. And we have people coming to us all the time for help who are married at every age, from their 20s all the way up into their 70s, whose marriage is being torn apart, and often, of course, by the porn issue. So we have to understand that marriage is a part of the fabric of society, and we let marriage come apart at the seams. We're failing miserably. And when I saw that 85% Spend nothing each year on marriage and relationship ministry. I mean, this goes back to how the loneliness thing, where you can be married and be miserable and lonely, just as you can be single and and lonely. And so the thing here is to understand, we need to do more than just get people a nice, pleasant, soothing message, parking on, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Yeah, that's what we get going in the door. And we'll walk in that. We need to learn that. But there's so much. We're not equipping people. DeGase continues. And the article says, he also pinpointed the effects of many churches failing to address the effects of widespread premarital sex and rampant porn addiction. I'm going to read that again. He pinpointed the effects of many churches failing to address the effects of widespread premarital sex, and rampant porn addiction. One survey I saw showed that 50%, half of our youth, think that premarital sex is okay and there's nothing wrong with it. This is what happens when we do not touch sex in church. People start making up their own rules and their own truth, and it's a big wide hole that Satan can drive right through, and that's exactly what's happening. And DeGase continues, pornography is an epidemic. It's growing shockingly among younger women as well as men. And increasingly, guys in particular are just incapable of forming the kinds of relationships uh, 
that can lead to a healthy marriage because of pornography. Pornography is epidemic, just like the man said. And if something is epidemic and you're leading a church, when you have the mentality that I'm going to pull out all the stops and I'm going to open this up to my people in an un unconditionally all the way industrial effect, no holds barred. I'm going to help them. I'm going to talk about the issues they're struggling with. I'm going to talk about masturbation. I think I saw one survey recently where 74% of all men in the U.S. masturbate and around 50-some, 50, 50 58% of women masturbate. So that right there is a sermon in itself because people don't know how to handle that issue. But if you run from it, you're not going to help anyone. And But pornography is destroying marriages right and left. How can you justify letting marriages come apart at the seams because you will not talk about sex? You cannot. That does not hold weight in Scripture. In 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1 and 2, Paul confronts the Corinthian church over the sexual sin of just one man. One man. Can you imagine what would happen if Paul came back today and saw that we run away from the talk, topics of sex and porn, adultery, and masturbation just because we're too uncomfortable with the topic, meanwhile lives are being destroyed, yet that's exactly what's happening. And then, so this is all connected to the problems that we're seeing in marriage that they mention in this article. When you have marriages, people are struggling in their marriages, a lot of the reason is because of pornography. One pastor I talked to of a church of 5,000, a counseling minister, told me that every single marriage that comes to him for help has pornography involved. Every single marriage. How can you run away from this topic from the pulpit and justify it? And then DeGase tells a story where he spoke to a woman in an event when he was speaking, who told him her two Christian daughters had six consecutive breakups with Christian men between them because of the men's inability to break out of their porn habit. Quote, we live in this weird time when we have this strangely paradoxically puritanical world where sex is all around us, but we don't really want to talk much about it in certain ways, noting that the average age children are first exposed to porn is now younger than 10. And that, that's the official number. I mean, that's what we see. The average age is, number, is eight. And then he writes, sex is everywhere except in our churches. And by that, I mean being able to talk in a healthy way about sex within Christian marriage and what authentic, life-giving sexual relationships and marriage looks like. I'm going to read it again. Sex is everywhere except in our churches. This is pathetic. How can you not talk about an issue when everybody's waist-deep in spiritual sludge every single day? And the thing to realize here is Fox News is not a moral authority on Christian issues or sex, sexual issues and when I was reading this article on the, along the right side on the website, right there, were graphic images of women in string bikinis 
and other forms of undress, along with other sexually explicit pictures. So Fox News is not not a moral authority. So what should make us sick to our stomachs is that when the secular media world sees that the church is running away from sexual issues and when the sex, and when the secular media world sees the ongoing articles of pastors being exposed or people in the church being arrested for child porn or ministries going down because somebody was caught they know what we're doing and they know to some extent there's a lot of hypocrisy involved. So when the secular news media becomes the moral authority, the church has lost it. Without holiness, we have no spine. I mean, you could say, yeah, without the Holy Spirit, we have no spine. Without God's word, we have no spine. But without holiness, what? we're just another social club. And then he writes... The study also suggested the collapse of fathers in the home amid declining marriage rates is fueling the decline in Christian faith in the U.S. One report by Pew Research Center published in September found a surge of adults leaving Christianity to become atheists, agnostic, or nothing particular. The study predicted if the number of Christians under 30 abandoning their faith accelerates beyond the current pace, adherence to the historically dominant religion of the U.S. will become a minority by 2045. And then the collapse of fathers through the collapse of marriage is at the heart of unraveling Christianity. And porn is going to be right alongside of that issue because a dad has a porn problem that he can't let go of or he's in bondage to, eventually his marriage is either going to die, but they'll stay married but just be miserable, or it can end in divorce, as we see. So I'll share one quick story. I was in Italy uh, several years ago, and as we were driving to the church, I was going to give the Sunday morning message at a church of around 700. And as we're driving, I'm praying and asking the Lord, okay, what do you want me to speak on? Because I did not have any plan, <laughs> outline or nothing. And the Holy Spirit said, Father Wounds. I said, Father Wounds? Are you sure? Is that you, God? Yes, Father Wounds. Okay, so we get there, they worship, and then I give the message on Father Wounds and talk about how Jacob's favoring Joseph had a profound effect on his brothers and anger and jealousy and all the carnage. And, and then I broke everyone up into groups of two, or two and three, men with men, women with women, to share and to pray with each other. And there were a lot of people just out and out sobbing, especially the women. And I was, I was, I was surprised at the... Um, what I was seeing, but um, we have to start getting into these issues that people are in pain and hurting with. And father wounds is a big one. And men, hey man, most most guys do not have good fathering example growing up. So if all we're going to give, you know, men is God loves you and, and that's it, we got to give them a heck of a lot more than that. There's got to be some significant help 
to men on how to be a dad and what all that looks like and being a leader. So Acts 2.42, it always goes back to that, devoted to fellowship, prayer, teaching. And that's what I want to leave you with. Those are the action steps we have to take. We need to transform our church services so nobody walks out isolated and everybody is prayed for. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.